Welcome to the Member Engagement Show with Higher Logic, the podcast for association professionals looking to boost retention, gain new members, and deepen member involvement. Each episode, I'll bring on some experts. We'll talk shop about engagement, and you'll walk away with strategies proven to transform your organization. I'm Beth Arrett, an association evangelist with over 25 years experience in marketing and member engagement, and I'm so happy you're here. So let's start the show. This week, I'm excited to share a session from our 2021 Superforum conference that one of my favorite people, Vivian Swartinsky, and I did on automated campaigns. Viv actually helped me create my first renewal campaign quite a few years ago, and I feel really lucky to get to work with her and take advantage of her experience with so many customers. In this session, we'll talk about how it can be scary jumping into automation. So we dig into how to get buy-in, how to get started, and how to make sure that you're not over-emailing as you go. As always, we love to hear from you. So let us know what you think about this episode over on Hug or on the LinkedIn post for the episode, and let us know what you'd like to hear in future podcasts. And now let's dive in. Getting ready to do your first automated campaign can be a little scary. It's kind of like getting on a plane to go skydiving. Uh, You might have trouble getting permission to jump. Uh, You might have weather that delays your flight. You generally have a bunch of safety instructions to remember. And then you have to have to sign off yourself that you're responsible for anything that goes wrong. So that can all be a little terrifying, right? Um, And I will say that Viv and I both very much like just conversational sessions. So feel free to chat, comment, um, put questions, make like have responses, whatever in type in in the chat as if you were here. Uh, We love that. Don't stand on ceremony. We don't mean to sit here and just talk at you. (laughs) Um, So and um, so when you, you know, sign off that you're responsible for it, and especially when it's new, it does kind of feel like this, right? So we are here because you're not alone. And we want to make it feel more like this, where you're just kind of floating and everything's going wonderfully. And you're having such a great time and ultimately get you to the point where your parachute opens. Um, so yeah, definitely want this to be a conversation. Um, just talk at, talk, talk right back to us. Viv, you want to talk a little bit about getting buy-in? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as uh, I've been working in the strategic services area for, for many years, in fact, that's how Beth and I met. Uh, she was a customer, I was doing services, and, and we connected. Um, and I hear from so many folks that say, I get it. I get how this could make my job easier, how we could be putting automated flows in to be getting driving the outcomes that we talk about doing, um, but we just don't have time to do. And then there's the plans that you have if you're like getting off, going off and doing like strategic planning um, and you're like, hey, for this year's conference, we wanna do X, Y, Z. And then in the busyness of it all, you know, it, it doesn't actually happen. So I definitely hear from folks that I'm working with one-on-one that say, Oh my goodness, how do I convince, and we get this a lot, how do I convince, you know, my executive director or how do, how do I convince my, my manager? How do I convince the board? How do I, how do I convince people to let me do this? And, and you have to take a step back and you say, well, what is the opposition? Like, well, where is the no coming from? And oftentimes it's the fear of the unknown or saying, well, this isn't working great, but at least it's working. We don't know what that means. We don't know what that is. Um, So in terms of getting buy-in, what I have found people can get the door opened is by 
what is what is a group that you can take a move with that you only have there's only an upside and surprisingly some of my some of the best strategic services outcomes that we've had have been with actually lapsed members you know what all right they're lapsed go at them right we we've invested so much time into the getting this group um and so some of the best comeback stories um, and have been the door open for automation has actually been with going after lapsed members. You can also do um, disengage members. Um, so you're, you're, you're basically going, I'm gonna pick the low hanging fruit. I'm gonna like pick a group that no one's gonna get all up in arms about because <laughs> we only have one direction to go. Um, the, I know for AARC, uh, American um, Society of Respiratory, uh, care their executive director was like vivian i don't I have a board meeting coming up and i do not want to give this bad report like they had thousands of lapsed members um and they had never done marketing automation at all and we really went through this strategy long story short i won't give you all the details here but i'm just the bottom line is that you know we were very strategic about how we went after these lapsed members and you know they had 800 members rejoin in 45 days so that that was you know sixty four thousand dollars back into the organization. So do you have a group that you can go at start doing something um, that isn't going to get anyone too riled up? <laughs> because as I said, there's no downside in doing it. That that is one approach. Beth, you've probably seen some other pro approaches as well. Um, yeah. So one of the, the first one that we did at AAAE. Um, about four years ago, was um, four four and a half years ago, was for the annual conference. And what we did is is we'd been getting some pushback, and so I decided to do something um, that would just support what we were already doing. I wasn't taking anything away. I wasn't saying, um, okay, well, we're not going to send the annual conference emails that we're used to sending. We're not going to do that. Let's just do something to support it. So what we did was we took, um, we had this concept called the five steps to attend. And it was, uh, for the annual conference, it was um, networking, uh, exhibit hall, Monday night event, or the evening events, um, the educational opportunities. And then the fifth one was just, you know, how to get there. You know, flights, hotel, all this other stuff. It had a justification letter in case you needed to get permission to come. So that you could just fill out the blanks, fill in the blanks, and then just hand it in to get permission to make it as easy as possible. So we basically took those five steps and we turned them into an email campaign. And we, those are all the reasons that we knew people liked to come, but they weren't the things that we covered in the emails. So the one-off emails that we did for annual were all about, you know, the content. Here's the keynote speakers. Here's early bird registration ends this date, that kind of thing. What we did in the underlying um, supporting campaign was it was a web tracking campaign. And we did it for anybody who had visited. Um, our original thing was three or more pages on the um, annual conference website, or they had visited the registration page because we took that sort of as, as our abandoned cart. And we ended up getting 96 people, airport people came through that campaign and it was $73,000 of revenue. Um, the important thing to mention too, though, is that our goals were to increase airport people and to bring back people 
who had not attended in three or more years. And it was very successful in both. It was literally in that 96 was um, 15% of the airport people who came. And they, I think those, all those 96 were people who had not attended in three or more years too. Um, so it was just something that ran under the surface and it was done with the web tracking. So it wasn't, you know, it was based on they it was reacting to something that they did, mm-hmm. which is one of the great things about campaigns is that you can use them to react to things people do after you send an email, which is nice. Yeah, well, so, so Beth, what I love about what you're saying is that again, where if you look back and say, well, what's the what's the resistance? It's like this is the this is the event promotion that just chugs along. There's too much at risk to mess with that. And it's a you know, it's it's a lot to ask for somebody to like that this is what we do. There's a lot of money at stake. I can't have you go off and do something. But what you did, which I love, is you layered on an incremental piece that didn't, that wasn't there before, that they weren't going to be doing as a one-off. And it touched on just a subset of the people, right? Because it, right. that it, you weren't like giving more emails to everyone. You were just giving it to the ones that were most likely to attend because of their behavior. So I love that you just did something incrementally, which yeah. gives you, opens the door. Yeah. It wasn't even that they just, just that they clicked too. Mm-hmm. We didn't take everybody who clicked. Right. We, we made it a little bit further than that. They had visited... Uh, and there's a lot of different ways you can do it too. You can do it in terms of like, um, you know, have they had like two or more sessions as opposed to visited pages and like that. So there's a lot of different reaction you can take. Um, and reaction can come from web tracking. It can come from engagement if they do certain things. If you've got community and uh, marketing animation and they're connected, it can come from community actions. So there's a lot of things that you can do that are reactive that support the overall things that you're doing and just show, hey, look, what we're doing is great, but we can increase this by 15% if we support it underneath afterwards. That's what, and so a lot of times that will get you the buy-in. And if you're lucky enough to be able to ask for forgiveness instead of permission at some point. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I got like, I got lucky because it did exactly what I was hoping it would do. Um, But just, just be, we don't want you to lose your job. So just yeah. be careful if you do right. that. <laughs> and just, and I, and I guess I'll put this out there for decision makers that are on the phone or they're, you know, part of the session today or, you know, those at, at, at whatever level, um, know that you're going to be able to know exactly who went through the campaign and did they, and, and, and what the conversions were, right? I, you, absolutely. This is, you can quantify this. So, you know, oftentimes it's like, well, I don't really know what we're getting, you have absolute proof that somebody went through a campaign and you can see if they were in your conversion group. Um, so you're able to put dollars right back to that campaign effort. And sometimes that's the missing piece. Um, if you're just doing a lot of one-off emails, it might be a little higher, harder to tie all that together. But I just wanted to put that out there that ROI is is evident. Yeah. And one of the things that we did too with all of our campaigns pretty much was we had mute campaigns built inside them where with each email, they had the ability to mute that, to basically take themselves out of that campaign without um, unsubscribing or removing. So they could remove, self-remove, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, not a lot of people did. Um, but to give you an example, um, from the membership campaign that's been running at AAA since September 2017, um, there it offers mutes. It's very quick to like take people out each time if they've 
met a certain category or something like that. But it's in four years, it's only a handful of unsubscribes. I mean, it's crazy how low the unsubscribes are. I would say across the board, I have actually found that unsubscribes are much, much, much lower on and open and click rates are much, much higher on campaigns, particularly web tracking ones, because you're following up on something they um, showed interest in. I mean, Viv, to use your storefront um, analogy that I love so much, you know, if you see somebody looking at something and they walk away and they come back two or three times, you're going to walk up and ask, you know, can I help you? Can I answer any questions about that product? Anything like that? Because they clearly are interested. So this is that same kind of thing. Something else brought them into the store. It might have been your email. They might have been walking by and saw it, like your website. Yeah. Um, but once you've seen them show interest, why not walk up and ask? Offer them a way out, but offer, you know, follow up and ask several times. Yeah. And the other the other piece that I'll share here is, is processing um, efficiency, right? So we're all being asked to do more with less. You may have had a re, you you may have had staff reductions. You may be working with a smaller group than you had in the past. Yet still, you have all these things that need to get done. Um, getting back to the main thing, okay, we've got welcome messages that must go out. Um, I will automate that. We've got renewals that need to go out. I can automate that. So if you can take some of those life cycle campaigns that you know are just going to go, they're repeatable. They happen all the time. I need somebody, these, they're important. They need to happen. Automate those things. Um, and and as you get, move those things forth, right? So if you can get a breath of fresh air, if you can be like, okay, great. I got this piece automated. I don't have to you know, have reminders to send this out on all these different dates and keep this whole you know thing moving along. Um, that instantly is like, okay, now move on to your next thing. Now, because ultimately you want to make sure that, you know, you and your staff writer are spending time on the things that matter the most and doing sending out repetitive messages while important, there's probably other things you could do. So the process efficiency alone um, is great reason to start looking to see what you can do to give yourself some time back. And I will say that buy-in, getting that buy-in includes buy-in from yourself because yeah. um, um, I don't know how many times I've heard somebody say, I know, I know I need to be, I know I need to be using marketing automation. I know, I know, I just, it's, it's I haven't sat down, have, I don't have time to sit down and figure it out right now. And believe me, I get it. Oh, do I get it? <laughs> I've been that marketing team of one or even two or three or four that mm -hmm. still are just so stretched. You don't have time. But get that buy-in from yourself understand that it's going to be worth that setup ahead and ahead of time and that it gets easier each time you do it and faster each time you do it yeah um, yeah it's just it's um to use me christelle christelle Steele from uh british columbia nonprofit housing authority association sorry um i talked to them on march 31st and um opened up campaigns and showed it to them and said you know this because they were concerned they weren't getting, you know, as much as they could out of informs in this case. And I opened up campaigns and like, hey, yeah, here you've got campaigns. They're like, oh, okay. So Christelle um, dove in head first. Um, she took two full day trainings um, that just happened to be coming up that week um, just to like, no, I think she just took the one for full day training um, on campaigns specifically because she already knew the templates a little bit. Um, but then she she dove in, she used the starter kit, um, the, one of the advanced starter kits that we have, and um, 
she um, 19 days after they we they basically opened campaigns for the first time they launched a seven email month-long camp uh, marketing campaign for their um, annual co- for their annual conference which um, went all the way from reg open to last chance and they had a lot of goals they had increased um, they hadn't had a registration fee at all the year before because it's the first time they've done it virtually. And this year they were still doing it virtually, but they were charging. So they added a registration fee and they wanted to increase attendance and they increased their attendance by 50%. Plus when she had all this stuff up done up front, then it was just running in the back end. She was able to go out and get more sponsors and do other things and have to bring in more money overall. So um, yeah, Lynn, exactly. Yeah, it's so easy to slip into that. I'm too busy to do that right now mindset. Too busy. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Um, I do that every year with my ta- with doing my taxes, and it's not pretty. Um, but it it's it's so easy to slip into that mindset. Um, so I really want to know. You guys have been really quiet. I'm not used to this. Um, I really want to know. Like, what are your sticking points? Is it you? Is it getting buy-in from your organization? Is it you're just not sure where to start? Please start telling us in the chat. Please, I beg you. Because otherwise we could just sit here and start guessing. I mean, <laughs> my guessing game. No guessing allowed. No guessing allowed. <laughs> but we would really love to all above you. Yeah, I think a lot. Oh, Valerie, anti- antiquated technology. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to hear more about that. Um, if you want to tell us a little bit more. If not, that's okay. Um, but yeah. And yeah, I, I don't know where to start. Um, so... Let me ask, not to put Justine on the spot, but let me ask you, are you doing any onboarding? And if so, what are you doing when you get new members? Because I'm, you know, that's often a really good place to start because it's usually pretty easy to do. Uh, Writing the messaging in the right order for any campaign. I will say that's one of the cool things about the starter kits is that a lot of them actually have messaging you can drop in and edit with. Uh, It just edit right there. That's kind of cool. Like we've written some stuff for you to start with. Um, Karen says we had a staff turnover in our support hall to due to the pandemic. Yeah, that'll be, we were a bit overwhelmed with all the work to do to get our members engaged again. That right there, that getting engagement, that's a big one where, um, campaign, where automation can really help because you can figure out, um, kind of what you think shows engagement and what might trigger it. And you can nurture, nurture them and encourage it. One of the things we did at AAA is we actually took basically every level that we thought was something that were a level where somebody could be in the organization and we ranked them from AAE, which is the airport accredited executives, the highest thing you do to you exist, you're in our database and you haven't done anything else. You haven't. And the next step after that was you opened an email. And then the next step after that was you actually clicked on an email. You went to a website and then it just starts going on up and up and up. And our goal had been to sort of sit there, okay, we know where everyone is, what stage everyone's in. How do we come up with automations? Which, first of all, which ones are the most important automations? And then how do we start coming up with automations to get each person to that next step and then branch them off so they get into the next one? The first one we did that was an easy win. Um, Well, the first thing we actually did was a renewal campaign because we were having a serious retention problem. And that's where Vivian and I met. She came in with strategic services and actually did our renewal campaign. 
and did a phenomenal job, of course. Um, so AAA has a, a certification called Certified Member, and it's one piece of getting your AAE. So a lot of people got their CM, would get their CM, and then they might just do the CM and they never go to AAE. So what we would do is four weeks after somebody got their CM, we would start them in a nurturing campaign to apply for the AAE and start their AAE process because that was the easiest way to move the next to the top person level of participation to the top level of participation. And then we sort of started working our way backwards and figuring out, you know, where we wanted to start. That's one way to look at it. I mean, it takes a little bit of time to get your engagement together like that. Um, there's definitely some work involved. Um, also, actually, one of those areas where um, Informs Form. was super helpful because we use, I used the lead scoring actually on the membership database. And I used that to figure out using IQAs because I had IMS. I took the whole database and then I started putting in parameters and just drilled down and was able to pull who was in which IQA. Huge help. Um, oh, Mara, you just lost, launched your first campaign, new member onboarding. See, that's it. You do one and you're sold. Yeah, you're, like, you're like high on that success, man. You're just like, woo, this is awesome. Okay, what can we do next? <laughs> I know, and that's a perfect segue into your next, into it the is. next piece here. Promote your success. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Kathleen, um, you said senior team buy-in is one of your issues. Um, and, um, well, let me go back to, sorry, let me go back and answer Justine real quick because I'd asked her a question. She asked, um, you said you do have onboarding. Are you, Justine... I'm going to continue this conversation with you in a moment, but I want you to tell me um, you have onboarding. Is it all manual right now? And what do you do? Just like one email, what do you do? Um, so going back to Kathleen's senior team buy-in, um, you just need that one thing. Um, mm -hmm. a, a, if you can't get senior team buy-in, but you've got a little bit of leeway to do whatever you want in terms of marketing or at least do something, my greatest recommendation is try have a really good piece of content, do some tar very targeted Google advertising or social media advertising and send people to a landing page with that content um, to get that content, force them to fill out some information and then send them the content itself to them in an email they have to click through. Once you've done that, um, you have made them a known user. And you can also, when they, submit, put them into a campaign um, to nurture them. So my recommendation is nothing else. If you're having trouble getting senior team buy-in, but you have the ability to do like one-off marketing campaigns like that, mm -hmm. find a good piece of content, create an ad in a landing page, drop them into a campaign, take out the members and see how many of those people that you can nurture into member, um, into being a member. Because when you do that, I can almost guarantee you that you will have some success to promote. And once you have one that works really well, market the heck out of it inside your organization. Make everybody in that organization see what the ROI was and the success of it. That your parachute opened and you had a great landing and the view down was just beautiful because you were seeing those dollars roll in or those new members roll in, you know, whatever your goal is. Definitely make sure you have a goal going in and you know what you're trying to measure. But once you do it, promote it. Um, I'm going to go back to Justine again. Um, you do one email twice a year. You could have a campaign 
um, I'm assuming you do the email manually. So you could have a campaign. If you're integrated with your, um, if your database is integrated with your, um, with your uh, email system, then you can actually just let it flow in. But if not, you can upload your new members every morning. You can do it every Tuesday, you know, once a week or something like that, and let them run through four or five emails that come from different people in your organization and that onboard them over time. Most people send one big long email, but you're hitting them within at the most, at the worst, within a week of when they've joined. To say I join the day after you send that email and then six months later I get an onboarding email, I've already checked out most likely. Uh, you know, it's I, a good percentage of them are all like, well, great, I'm hearing this from you now, six months after I gave you my money. Uh, I don't know about anybody else, but especially in the Amazon day age, I'm like five minutes after I give somebody money, I'm like, where's my stuff? Um, so. Yeah, I'm with the, with, and, and the, with an automated flow, you're able to, and, and typically why we put everything in one is like, because I don't have time to put it into digestible, bite-sized, snackable pieces and and deliver it over and over again, right? Because that's still a lot of work. But if I create those and I have an automated flow that can differ, deliver those, that's a much better member experience for somebody. And I, I liken it to when you have a new employee, we're all pretty purposeful about who they meet, how what you expose them to on day one, day two, this is who they're going to meet, or, and we're going to talk to them about that in day three. So you're kind of like unfolding information to get a new employee onboarded. And it's that same type of framework that works so well with an automated campaign. Um, what do they need to know on day one? What do they need to know on day three? What do they need to know on, on day seven and so forth? And you can certainly space them out however you want, but it's that idea. So you can actually take that big long message and just say, you know, first day one, how do I get access? You just we just did a money exchange here, right? Where's the keys to my to my car, right? <laughs> Here's how you get in. Here's your password here, right? So that's critical on day one, right? Mm -hmm. What do they need to know next, right? So you can do a hierarchy of here's the topics, here's the onboarding experience, and 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 that's a great framework to step into um, to get that first one moving. And um, I did notice that um, both uh, um, KT Hughes and uh, Karen were saying a team of one, low engagement from leadership voices, no idea where to get started, um, and. Yeah, Karen, it's super frustrating. So here's the question for both of you. When you say your um, membership is not engaged or your leadership is not engaged, do you mean in that they won't give you an answer or they won't work with you? Do you have the ability to just kind of go do it? Because I'm curious. Like that, um, she went rogue. No. <laughs> I totally went rogue. I, I, I was like, no, no, you brought me in to build a marketing department. I'm gonna build you a marketing department. Um, <laughs> Whether you like it or not, uh, you know, I'm just kidding. Um, my, my boss, Jackie, was lovely. She was so supportive of everything I did. And that's why I knew that if I did it and showed her the success without taking away from what else we did, that, that she would be on board. And she was. I went and promoted the success. I still had a little trouble getting buy-in, right? I um, was um, I was pulling people 
almost physically into my office to say, look, look what we did. And I knew who the innovative people were in the organization. I knew who would like in terms of people running meetings and stuff like that. I knew who would kind of let me experiment if they saw success. And so I pulled those people in and they saw success and then they started to, and then they told two friends and they told two friends and pretty much, you know, next thing you know, my office was Grand Central Station. And at one point we had 29 campaigns running at once, all without like our unsubscribes and went down, our clicks and opens went up. So because so much of it was responsive and we had to do less emails because we were doing so much responsive stuff that we didn't have to work as hard on the ad hocs every day, which let us do other stuff. Um, I'm going to go back to Karen's answer real quick. Uh, they should be communicating directly with our membership on community and I can't get them to adopt it. Um, I just had a thought and I've never tried this and it only just occurred to me, but you could do a leadership nurturing campaign, community nurturing campaign. Ooh, because community has the ability, has the RSS feed that you can use. So you could send your leaders an email every day if you want to, or every two or three days <laughs> saying, Hey, here's the latest 10 posts. Got something to say, please go engage. I have never thought about that until just now. And I'm really glad that was recorded because I want to go back and like, I'm getting the goosebumps. Viv. I'm getting the goosebumps. Sorry. Any you, Viv, you know, some of you know this too. I have like <laughs> an idea that I get really excited about. I get goosebumps. Um, I'm such. Yeah. But yeah, but you're onto something Beth. Yeah. If they are the recipients of an automated flow, then they can experience it firsthand what that is like. And you can say, you know what? That was the flow. Like, I didn't even do that. You got three messages this week. Yeah. Are you talking about your, um, sorry, I just want to clarify. Are you talking about your um, volunteer leadership and your member leadership, not your internal, like, organization member uh, leadership? I'm assuming that's what you're talking about because I had that problem. A lot of people have that problem and I can't believe I never thought of this idea until just now. It's so obvious. Yeah. So your volunteer, oh, okay. yeah. So the volunteer leaders, it is really hard to get them to engage on community. So what you do is you bring the community to them, not to keep giving plugs, but like um, I'm doing a session tomorrow at, at noon, I think it is on RSS or well, how to like reel people in and bring them back to the community. A lot of it is RSS feed and exactly what we just talked about i'm going to go tonight and put into my presentation because there's a lot in there about using the rss feed and community to bring people back to it in a lot of different ways but there are a lot of ways that you could do that um that and that is would be my number one recommendation is that you just have an email set up however however frequently you think that they will do it that they will deal with it without getting mad maybe you start like every tuesday and then if you it seems to be responsive you go to tuesdays and thursdays depending on how busy your community gets. Um, just saying, hey, you know, just a reminder as a volunteer leader, one of the things that, you know, we really appreciate is that you take your time to um, con- to contribute to the community. Here are the most recent posts. And I, I know in Informed, you can do anywhere from like one to 25. I'm not sure if, if Romang, that's the same. I can't remember right now. I think it is. Um, but you can choose up to the, the, the most recent posts all the way to the top 25. You can have the body of the post in a little bit. They don't have to remember to go to the community. They don't have to remember to go check and see if there's something to comment on. They literally just have to click on the link. It takes them directly to the post. The only thing they have to do is be able to log in. Um, so, and you can just agree, you know, we really appreciate your time on the community to make this easier for you. We're putting the posts right here in front of you. You know, if they see something below that you think you can help with or comment on or add to the conversation, 
Please just click through, log in and add. That's it, five minutes. Um, yeah, so Carla, I am gonna show um, a little bit of how to do that tomorrow. Um, just because, yeah, it's so super easy. So easy, at least in terms of doing it in, in Forms of Real Magnet um, to add that RSS feed. So David Javel has did it, um, I think he showed it last, yeah. David Javel's um, session that he and Greg Haken did last night, and I think they're gonna redo it again tomorrow because they did it for Australia last night. He does go into detail on both Informs and Real Magnet on how to actually go find that RSS feed and add it in as well. Um, so I would check that out too. Uh, it's a great session anyway, because it's talk, a lot of talk about community and um, uh, Informs and Real Magnet using them together. Um, a lot of what we're just talking about right now. So yeah, I mean, nurturing people doesn't just have to be to get them to give you money. And it doesn't have to be in terms of engagement because you're in fear of losing them. Every organization I've ever talked to pretty much, there might be one or two exceptions here or there, has said that you know they wish their volunteer leaders were more involved. Um, the other thing that I will say about the onboarding one though, going back to that for a second with Justine and um, um, getting people to do stuff is absolutely whatever you do, make sure the onboarding campaigns come from an individual. At AAA, they came, every single one of them came from a, um, a member of the membership team, except for one. Um, one of the, the one that didn't come from the membership team came from the VP of meetings for individual members. And for corporate members, it came from the VP of corporate engagement, um, talking about, you know, educational opportunities or, and or sponsor and exhibit opportunities, depending on. And um, the fact that it came from a person and then if you hit reply, it went to that person. It, was, it wasn't an alias or anything like that. It literally went to that person. Uh, was just huge because they were able to engage right away. The other thing we did was the last email that we had on the, our campaign for onboarding was at the end of the first month. We did one a week um, for a whole month. And that last email was from our executive vice president of membership, um, my boss, Jackie. And it was, um, Hey, you know, I you know hope you've enjoyed your first month. I hope you got a lot out of it. Um, please don't hesitate to you know reply if there's anything I can do to help out. And you know, if you wouldn't mind, we'd just like to know how your first month went. Can you take this quick survey? Um, and we always had a few people take it here and there, and just gave us some you know, insight into how their, it went. But it really made them feel valued because we, like, the executive vice president of membership, took a moment out to email them, say, hey, I. I noticed it, you know, it's been, you know, you've had, you've been with us for a month. Would love to know your thoughts. Want to know how we can continue to help. Um, and some of the things that we had in the plans that we just got too busy and never had a chance to do where we were going to do another uh, drop that those people into a campaign that started that checked in again with them at three months. And then we were going to drop them in a campaign at six months that started nurturing them toward like for, from six to nine months until they got to renewal. Um, and of course, that was going to have to change each time after renewal, we we're going to have to drop them into a different campaign that was going to follow up and engage them throughout the year. Um, that's the other thing, too. If you start with either onboarding or renewal, um, you'll definitely be able to extrapolate from there where you need to go next. The data from your campaigns will definitely help you figure out because when you're promoting that success, just like with the buy-in, you're also promoting it to yourself. You're saying, hey, okay, I did this. This worked out great. 
Um, I had more time to go do this and this, and I got these results. You know how you're tracking it. Um, it it's just it's a huge boost to you, and it really helps. Sorry, I am like going really slow. Hey, but that does lead really well into this, because you know going back to that skydiving thing, any skydiver will tell you that they get a little bit better each time they jump. They learn from each jump and then they adjust. And that's what you need to do with campaigns. You need to learn from each one and grow and make your campaigns more sophisticated. Yeah, yeah, Viv? Absolutely. You can definitely see different things that you can do. I know um, for the Brewers Association, they had wanted to try to interrupt a pattern of disengagement um, so they did a really simple campaign and this is, you know, this is goes along with it's within your reach to do um, to do some very simple things that can really make an impact when for their organization, if someone didn't open an email for 30 days in a row on day 31, they had an automated flow set up or just a single message went out and they actually um, used the automated flow to check to see if it was the weekend. They wanted to land on the weekend and get out of the busy work week. So if it was a Saturday or Sunday, it would send this email. If it wasn't a Saturday or Sunday, the campaign would hold the, that, uh, that audience until it was a Saturday or Sunday. And then the, the one message, okay, they had phenomenal results. I mean, great open, it was a phenomenal message. Let's face it, it was really awesome email, but it really helped just interrupt that pattern of, of not opening. Um, what I want to say here is they had one message and it worked really well. But the iteration to that is, oh my goodness, you could then follow up because in that message you asked people, aren't you still interested in this? And people raised their hand and clicked on that. Yes, I am. Are you still interested in this? Yes, I am. So they actually had follow-up opportunities right within that flow, which isn't something they maybe would have seen or thought to do on day one or the first iteration, which is fine. But the thing is, you'll be able to look back and you go, oh, now that I took step one, now that I'm standing on step one, I can see my steps two and three. And sometimes you can't see the steps two and three areas to take it a step further until you're actually on that, that first step. Yeah. And once you get to step two and three, then you will see more and more and more because you're always learning from what you did before. Um, I know we're running short on time and Courtney's going to come out with the hook in a few minutes. So I just want to make the point that there are ways to avoid over emailing because once you start rolling, people are going to wait, wait, wait. Now we're worried people are getting too much email. Um, and like I said, at one point we had 29 campaigns running at AAAE at one time most of them were web tracking. And so we developed a system where it basically just checked. Whenever you went to a campaign, it added you to a profile group. That profile group was in a compound. If it tried to send you into another campaign that was in those, we don't want people to go into these if they're in something else. Um, it just held you and every 10 days it checked again for over a month. We never lost anybody. So there are definitely ways when, so, when some, once you've had success with this and people start going, wait, now we're worried you're sending too many emails. Come back to this and say, oh, I know how to fix that. If that sounds confusing because I just ran through it really quickly. At that point, you can reach out to me like, wait, how did you do that? Happy to tell you. <laughs> um, because I did want to get to this whole pre-flight checklist that Viv is now going to talk through a little bit. <laughs> we, can, we can alternate. How's that? <laughs> okay. Yeah, definitely start with a plan. I mean, literally, like what's 
the, the things you're asking yourself anyway, just jot them down. Um, what, what is my end goal? You know, what am I trying to do? Get people to click through, get people onboarded, renew, whatever. Map it out. And then I want the first message. And then I want to wait X number of days. Fill in the X. I want to wait five days. Then I want to send them another message. Send them down one path, send them down, send them down another. So just document what the member experience is supposed to be like. It doesn't matter if it's one message, three messages, well, two messages. Start with two. Two plus messages, map it out so you won't miss anything. That's your blueprint for when you're actually going to go in and, and set up the campaign. And I have um, a worksheet that I used to use at AAAE that um, when I upload this presentation into the Superform community, mm -hmm. I will be sure to upload that worksheet as well so you've got access to it. Definitely use compound target groups as your entry your oh, and your checks. Even if you think you're just going to be checking one group, just make it a compound anyway, because invariably you will want to start removing like a group of people that you didn't realize. And it makes it much easier to just drop them into that compound and then they go into the removal for everything. Trust me, it's just easier. Um, keep everything contained in your campaign. Make notes. So that people know what is going on. That's right. When you inherit a campaign and you go in, you're like, whoa, what's happening in here? What was the purpose? Um, anytime yep. you can have some documentation that, that coordinates with that campaign, it, it lets the rest of your team members know what you were intending to do. Yep. And then when you want to um, replicate it, you know what you did and why. Mm -hmm. And then know the rules. Make sure you understand exactly how that campaign is going to react, especially with weight steps. Weight steps are their whole, own little kind of crazy. So, you know, make sure that you know what those weight steps are going to do. Um, and if you do that, you will have a nice little landing. It will be very soft on the beach in a pretty place and you will be so happy. <laughs>